Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Ordering In. Today, I have a very special guest. It is a TikToker that I'm sure you all know. I've known her, I feel like, since the beginning, since her back when, when she did What Your Hamptons Destination Says About You. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely an East Hampton girl. Um, Miss Audrey Peters. Hello. What an introduction. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, me too. I'm so excited. Okay, so Audrey, um, in case anyone out there that's living under a rock does not know who you are, would you like to give a little introduction? <laughs> um, absolutely. My name is Audrey Peters. I am 23 years old. I live in New York City, downtown. Um, I work in fashion media, and I am on TikTok at the Audrey Peters. I talk about uh, lifestyle, comedy, my hot takes basically is all I do. And yeah, I guess that's like a roundup of me. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Um, okay, I want to get right into it. Audrey, you are fairly new to the TikTok world. I feel like you started in quarantine, correct? Yes, I started, I want to say in April. Yeah, April. So what made you want to kind of just put your opinions out there and start making TikToks? Um, my friends joke about it because I'm the type of person that does what everybody doesn't want me to do. So I had had TikTok as a joke, like not, not as a joke. I'd had it and I was scrolling through it, but I had never posted anything on it. Um, and then obviously when quarantine hit and everyone was downloading it, like all my friends that were, that are millennials that would make fun of me for scrolling on it. I had a few friends that were addicted with me, but the large majority of my like social circle and my friend group did not like have it. They thought it was like weird and very Gen Z-esque and they would make fun of me a lot for using it. And then when it started and all of them were downloading it, I said to them, um, well, I'm going to be TikTok famous. And they said, Audrey, shut up. No, you're not. And I said, no, watch, I'm going to be TikTok famous. And part of it I said as a joke and the other part of it, I thought to myself, well, I mean, I'm sure I can do it. It can't be that hard. And then I kind of played around with it. And the first video that I did, I was really thinking about what video I wanted to do that would create like viral content. And I've worked in fashion for a while now. Um, I've had tons of retail jobs and I love working retail because I could talk to a wall, as I'm sure you can already notice. And I had a bunch of fashion internships. Um, and at, this, at that point, it was April, I'd been working at my media job for a while in fashion for like seven months. So I saw this video about what your favorite designer says about you. And since I've worked in fashion so long, I just thought they were all so wrong. And I said to myself, well, I'm going to redo it. And you know what, if it goes viral, great. And if it doesn't, who cares? And I posted it and I watched it like a hawk for like two hours and nothing happened. And then I put my phone away. And honestly, the next day I totally forgot that I even did it. I was busy, not on TikTok. And I checked my phone the next night and it had over a million views. And all of a sudden I went from zero followers to 10,000 from this video. And so partially it was a mis like a joke that I did it. And then the other part of me was like intentional because I wanted to prove people wrong. But it wasn't like I actually would have gotten upset if I hadn't proved them wrong. And my friends literally laugh and they'll be like, no, Audrey literally woke up one day and said she's going to Harvard. Like, Bell Woods kind of joke. I woke up one day and said, no, I'm going to be TikTok famous. By no means am I Charlie D'Amelio and I'm not actually TikTok famous by any standard, but it's funny that I ended up getting the platform because all my friends are like, how did you manage that? And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. I would say you're pretty TikTok famous, at least in the New York realm, for sure. You, you have a good standing there. 
I think in New York, I'm widely known. Yes. I, I think I can agree with you on there. I don't know what would happen if I went to LA. I'd be literally nobody. But in New York, I think I do well. <laughs> Definitely. I feel like our age group in general, because I'm 22, so... I feel like our age group didn't get into TikTok until quarantine. I feel like everyone, even my friends, made fun of it, said that, oh, it's like for high school kids that do lip syncing, whatever. Yeah. And quarantine hit and everybody's like making TikToks and obsessed with it. But I feel like a lot of the times, okay, so good to know that you kind of, your start was just like a viral video, which was kind of similar to me, although it happened probably a few months into me making TikToks where it was like- watching it like a hawk nothing's happening and then I went to sleep woke up and then it's like a few million views and you're like oh okay went viral like that's how the algorithm works no it's it was nuts to experience it and I literally deleted the video because I couldn't handle it I was like oh my god so many comments I don't even know what to do or where to start um oh yeah I deleted it I was like oh my god I'm so scared um I think I privated it I don't think I deleted it but um I definitely I think the reason that I was always into TikTok is because I was obsessed with Vine So when TikTok came out, I was like, oh my God, it's like a longer version of Vine. I'm so here for this versus a lot of my friends weren't into it. All the friends that I had that liked Vine all loved TikTok from the beginning. Yeah. But how did Let's Do It become a thing? How did that be? How are you the CEO (laughs) of Let's Do It? I've actually never received that question on a podcast. I love that you asked that. Um, I would say it started, so here's the thing. I didn't realize how often I said it in real life. I say it in real life all the time. And I didn't notice until I started saying it on TikTok. I think that I just didn't know how to create an an introduction to a video because I had never been in front of a camera in that regard. So I'd say like, okay, my top five favorite restaurants. And then I'd be awkward into, I would feel awkward just jumping into it and being like, okay, number one, I felt like I needed kind of a segue into it, I guess, because it felt choppy if I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like mentally it felt like a roadblock if I didn't have some sort of bridge of a phrase. I don't know. So I would say, let's do it. And then it just, it became my thing. And then everybody started being like, let's do it. Like, like not mocking me, like uh, almost like cheering me on. People would be like, oh, we missed the let's do it. And if I didn't include it in a video, they'd be like, where's let's do it. And then I realized like, oh, wow, I guess it's the kind of my thing. But that's so funny that you noticed Pardon? Were you always an entertainer from young? Because I feel like you have that kind of personality, very, I I told you this, Morgan Stewart-esque of just a natural entertainer. Was that always part of your personality? Oh, that's so sweet of you. Um, I would say that's a question. I think I feel pompous saying it. Um, There's no nice way. There's no humble way to answer that question. But yes, I would say yes. I've always, even my roommate in college, when we first met, we've been best friends for four years and roommates for four years in college. Um, the like second day we were hanging out the second day we met, um, she said, one day you're going to have a reality TV show. And I said, no, Ellie, like, no way I'm going to have a reality TV show one day. And she was like, I don't know, something's going to happen to you. You're going to be famous because your personality is just a fucking riot. And I would say that most people have that opinion when they meet me, not necessarily like, oh, destined for fame. Um, not at all. I do not think I'm destined for fame in the slightest, but I definitely have the personality to entertain of some sort, whether it be like a funny one minute video on TikTok or like maybe I write an article for something. Um, I've definitely always gotten that 
I have a very entertaining sense of humor and personality because here's the thing. I don't think I'm funny. Like I really, I think, I think it's hysterical when people say I'm funny because I don't think I'm funny. I don't have like necessarily like really unique humor. I'm just brutally honest and people seem to be entertained by my opinions, if that makes sense. But do you know what that reminds me of? What? Joan Rivers. Oh, I've never been compared to that, but I love that. Thank you. Wow. You're really, you are really complimenting me. You are really stroking my ego and I don't need it. No, but that's, that's, those are the people you remind me of. Just brutally honest, blunt, to the point, but funny. And you do it in like kind of a lighthearted way that everybody kind of is like, you know what? I was thinking that too. I just didn't say it, but it's funny. Thank you. It gets me in trouble, but thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, listen, I feel like being on TikTok or being in this world, one way or another, everyone, you know, slips up here and there, or, you know, somebody might get a little offended by something. But I think if you take it with a grain of salt, take it for what it is, it's entertainment, it's funny, it's fine. Yeah, it's just, and I totally agree with you. I'm also not a sensitive person in the slightest. If someone told me, Audrey, um, you need to lose 10 pounds, it just really does not look good on you right now. I would not be offended. I'd be, I mean, of course it has to come from like a friend or a family member. I would be like, you're so right. I let myself go recently because I've been so stressed or something. I would never take it to like, oh my God, they think I'm so fat. Like, I'm just not the type. If someone said, Audrey, oh my God, shut up. You can't stop talking about yourself. You need to start being more self-aware of the conversation. I'd be like, oh my God, you're so right. I I think I'm not, I'm not a very anxious person at all. So I am not sensitive in turn, I think. Um, So that's, I think, where it comes from, if that makes sense. Yeah. But in a sense, to be on this type of platform, especially TikTok, where I feel like people are more vocal than they are on any other platform, you need to have thick skin if if you're going to continue doing what you do. Because if you don't, people can get to you extremely quick. I think that... I was actually just having this conversation today at work with someone who's on the social team um, at my work, at my job. And we were talking about how TikTok is just such a unique beast because it's quite literally a platform designated to call everybody out. And it's really fun sometimes, but sometimes it's really brutal. And when I tell you, I'm, I think I'm by and far the most confident person I know. I'm so unbothered. I'm not an anxious person. I'm not one to even really easily get stressed because I know that most things are out of my control. And the things that are in my control, I execute well. So when things happen to you on TikTok that you don't expect, um, it's definitely pushed me further than I would have ever imagined it to. I've definitely acclimated to it, but it was definitely something that I had to get used to. I, again, am very confident and it has shredded me at one point. At one point, I literally like, never did it come across in my mind to quit because I'm not a quitter. But for someone with thick, like skin as thick as mine, and I have very thick skin, for me to say it really wore me close to giving up, it really wore me close. It can be very, very cutthroat. Wow. Yeah. No, I've definitely seen that through TikTok. I haven't I don't think I've experienced it really. I, I had one video where there was a little bit of backlash, but nothing, nothing too crazy. 
But I've seen how TikTok, you know, we have this whole world of cancel culture now where, you know, it's kind of almost like one slip up and, oh, nope, that's that person's canceled. And I've had this conversation with a few people and I definitely want your input on it. If, okay, let's say a, a social media influencer per se is to slip up, say something they shouldn't have or do something they shouldn't have. Should they be canceled? And like have their platform kind of destroyed where if they, let's say if they weren't an influencer, if they weren't in the public eye, this would kind of be brushed under the rug. They wouldn't lose their job. Um, You know, they would kind of just move on. It's so different if you're in the public eye, if you're putting yourself online, you're subject to so much more scrutiny and um, you're, I don't know, you're kind of put at risk almost. How do you feel about cancel culture in all? I think in general, cancel culture is toxic and absolutely ridiculous, but I also think that it depends on what you've done. Mm-hmm. For instance, I don't want to necessarily like, listen, I've never been in a position where it truly deserves to be taken away from me because lucky, luckily I haven't made mistakes that like severe enough. But like, for instance, like Jeffree Star, can I sit here and say that he really deserves his platform after he has done everything he's done? He's super racist. He, I'm pretty sure he made a collection on Nazis. Um, I have no idea what the de- like what the details of the things Jeffrey has done, but quite frankly, I know he's not very well liked. Do I know what it's like to be in the eye like Jeffrey Star is? No, but I think he's a good example of someone where we all need to think really hard and be like, why did we give this to him in the first place? Like he's not a good example for the most part. At the very minimum, I can attest to that. He's not a good example. He's not showing kids good morals. Um, but, and, you know, unfortunately, the world that we live in is that children have access to everything to do with social media because even if their parents tried to keep it away from them, there's no way that they'd be able to be successful with it. I have a brother who's 12 and a sister who's 14. And no matter how many times they get their phone taken away, they know everything. They're updated with everything. They go to school and everybody else has a phone. Everybody knows. So I think it depends. I think that if you do something justified, Trisha Paytas, perfect example, racist, um, literally discriminates. Like she said that she'd vote for Trump if TikTok had not been a thing. Just so many different things that different people have done that I, I do think that sometimes they deserve to have their platform taken away from them or at the very minimum be extremely canceled and have to suffer severe consequences mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, and I can say this because I have a platform and those that have platforms, I'm sure would agree with me like you, Nicole, you do what you do and you sign up knowing that. And if you are not quadrupled checking everything that comes out of your mouth when you post, that's on you. So moving forward, when I post things and I'm at risk of getting canceled, I don't even get mad at the people getting mad at me. I don't get mad at them. I get mad at myself for being stupid enough to not have thought of the angle that could offend somebody. Because you know what? Even if I think their opinion is stupid and unjustified and invaluable, it doesn't matter. I could have just avoided it. And that's on me, not on them. No, you you have a very valid point. Um, I think it's something that influencers, that's, it's a good kind of just like perspective because I feel like I didn't think of it like that. I totally agree with, you know, Jeffree Star, Trisha Paytas. These are extreme circumstances. Um, I guess I was looking at more along the lines of uh, Dixie D'Amelio when like she didn't eat. The oh, that's ridiculous. Like, think like-, and, like getting canceled over something like that, where I feel like there's a time and a place to cancel somebody. And no, sometimes I think- push the line. 
I agree with you completely. I think things like even like Ariel Charnas with the Corona test, all she was trying to do was show people what was going on because not everybody had access to it. And she got torn apart. That was completely unfair. But I, again, like I do think and Dix, the same with Dixie D'Amelio, I don't think it was fair at all. But I do think like it was really unfair and what they went through was absolutely awful. But seriously, do not sign up for what this is if you do not know the consequences. You can't sit there and say, oh, my God, I don't like this is so crazy. Everyone's being so ridiculous. Like, yeah, everyone's being so crazy and so ridiculous. But you probably and I know everyone makes mistakes and I'm so sorry that you have to go through it. So many people have gone through camp like tons of most celebrities have gone through cancel culture or influencers. And that's awful. But look at it this way think really fucking hard next time you can't just click that post button when you like it's nothing when you have a platform you just no definitely not and I feel like a lot of a lot of times it'll get me annoyed when a social media influencer will be like well I didn't ask for this I'm like well you you kind of you kind of asked for it but you ran with it and that's on you Exactly. Like you decided to film yourself and post it online. What happens next is up to the viewers. And I mean, even if you're not being canceled or maybe they're just overwhelmed with everything to say, well, I didn't ask for this. You did. We all did. Like anyone, any one of us that are posting on Instagram or TikTok or doing these brand deals, you are asking for it because it does have many positives that come along with it. Yeah. I mean, the highs, what I like to say is that the highs are really, really high. Like it's so cool that I got to work with Netflix. Like that was an unreal brand deal. I get to say that for the rest of my life that they wanted to do a brand deal with me. But the lows are really fucking low. And when I made a mistake and got canceled, I can't tell you how much it sucked. It's, it's really high highs and really low lows. Definitely. Uh, Do you feel like there's a difference between TikTok influencers, let's call them versus Instagram influencers? Yes. I like to call TikTok um, quote unquote influencers, content creators. Um, and I like to call, I like to keep influencers to Instagram personally. Um, I don't like to refer to myself as as an influencer. I don't think I am an influencer. Um, I know in a sense, anybody with a platform is influencing, but I think that what people are doing on TikTok, the content they're creating, and I, this is an except like straight TikTok is an exception to this, but I think that the people that are creating really compelling, funny content, educating people is very different than what people on Instagram are doing, which is basically like face tuning and smoothing out and posting new season Prada. I think it's very different. It was totally different. I feel like TikTok is so much more real and authentic. And I love much more authentic. I love it. And like when it came out, I loved it. And I, when I saw people kind of getting popular on there, it, it wasn't for looks. It wasn't for who has, you know, like the best butt workout. It was for people who had good personalities. It was for people that were interesting or funny or had skills um, in editing or whatever it was um, that made them stand out. Where Instagram, right? It's, it's more of like a blank face. You kind of, you get a face with Instagram. You don't get a personality really unless you're, I mean, unless you're posting videos onto your feed, which most people aren't. They're just posting pictures. Totally. You don't get a story. You don't get, you don't feel like you know them. Like when someone has a TikTok, like before me and you even got connected, I felt like I knew you almost, or I understood your personality a little bit just by watching your TikToks rather than let's say I just saw you on Instagram one day when I was like scrolling through. I have, I would have no idea what kind of personality you have. 
Totally. And I love having this conversation because obviously I, we both work in the media space. And what's so interesting to me about this conversation is that I love the transition that the world is going to in which everybody is over the inauthenticity of Instagram. That's why people have shifted onto TikTok. And it's why everyone is weirdly, in a sense, obsessed with TikTok because it's as if they've been deprived of personality and authenticity for so long because we were also fixated on this perfect life that literally not even the people posting it had. Oh, not at all. Even as, in a sense, YouTube became, even though it's video, even though it's more personable, it became almost like an Instagram where people were curating these perfect daily life with me or like wake up with me and you know, the, it'd be filled with birds in their door or something. It, even YouTube has become unrealistic in a sense. Completely. And it's all like the thing with TikTok and what's funny and fun about it is that everyone is self-deprecating together. Like we're all like, yeah, I cry when that happens. And it's, funny because we all go through it. It's just so relatable in a way that Instagram and YouTube, excuse me, in a way that Instagram and YouTube could never, you know what I mean? Like who's going to, on Instagram, who's going to actually post a picture of them? Like, this is like a little bit vulgar or crude, but like taking a shit, like people on TikTok do that. And it's so funny. And they'll be like, oh my God, just had so much Indian. And it's so funny. <laughs> and it's because I will all be like, Yes, I feel that. I understand that. That's what yeah. I go through. And we totally. all can kind of sit together and sulk together and it feels good. Totally. I totally agree. And I think that's why TikTok is as a platform just so successful. It's also why it's it the power TikTok holds is so scary. Like when it was being potentially banned from the US, it was super creepy how upset everyone was that it was going away. I've never seen anything like it, truly. People were, everybody was posting like, if TikTok goes away tomorrow, here's all my other socials. I'll keep creating the same content, just on a different platform. People are losing their like, shit. <laughs> it just shows that it didn't, it doesn't even matter that TikTok was being taken away. It mattered that the content that was on there, there was no other place to put that. Yeah, because it just wouldn't perform the same way as it would on TikTok, on Instagram. It just would not. Even though I know now Instagram, you know, they came out with Reels and I think Snapchat even came out with something similar. Pardon? I think even Snapchat came out with something similar to TikTok. I mean, everyone's trying to replicate TikTok, but it's just not going to happen. Nobody cares. And everybody's just reposting their TikToks onto their Reels, hoping it will do like just as well. And I- It literally doesn't. It's nuts. It literally doesn't perform the same. The algorithm is not as, like, it's just not as well constructed. It's crazy. No. I wish I understood fully the TikTok algorithm because it is so, so detailed and in-depth. I will never understand. Sometimes they know things that I don't know about myself. My math skills and engineering skills could literally never, ever. (laughs) No, me either. They pull things out that I'm like, I do do feel like that, but I didn't say it. I'm like, oh my God, somebody else was thinking that? That's fucking nuts. Can't believe it. I'm not alone. But another thing with TikTok is that you do, I feel like, have to post a lot more than maybe on other social platforms. Like YouTube, some people just post once a week and it's fine. Or Instagram, maybe once once or twice a week. Where TikTok, you have to be a lot more rigorous. How do you stay inspired and, in a sense, relevant? 
Um, you know, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of back and forth regarding what you require, what TikTok requires for you to be successful in terms of keeping up content and continuously gaining a following. Some people say you need to post three to four times a day. Other people say post once every two days, as long as it's viral and at the very minimum, good content that will get a reach. Um, I think that I think my key is honestly not to stress about how often, how frequently not I think for me it's not so much how frequently and or the quantity. It's for me the moment I start getting stressed about ideas and it happens a lot. I just don't think about it and then something comes to me because I've realized that when I'm forcing a video or an idea that might be a little bit too intricate and it's just a little too complicated because I've realized on TikTok nobody likes anything too complicated. But sometimes when I run out of ideas, that's the only thing I can come up with and I try to run with it. People can feel energies more than you would ever know. And you can tell through the screen that things are being tried a little too hard or that it was a little too complicated. And it just doesn't come as naturally to me, especially like when I try to speak. Um, You can just tell on anybody that it's not coming out as naturally as it usually would. And it turns the algorithm off. I would say I try to... I, the moment I think of something, I write it down in my notes if I'm not going to film it on the spot. And then I did accumulate a list of notes that I can now refer back to for a good amount of time. And now like if I don't come up with something on that day, I go with a list and I'm like, oh, I haven't done that one yet. I'll do it. Um, But otherwise, it comes to me at random points in time, typically in the shower or right before I fall asleep. I feel like everyone can relate on that. The best ideas always come in the shower. A lot of the times the shower, I honestly think more so right before I'm falling asleep because I'm thinking about like, I'm I'm obsessive. I'm very much a perfectionist. I will think about like my analytics or like my statistics and then I'll be thinking like, oh, well, that one did really well. Oh, what if I did it like that? Or I'll be watching another video scrolling in bed and be like, oh, well, what if I did it like this? And then I change my mind and I write it down. Do you feel stuck at all? Because you do have kind of a niche with your platform and you do post, I guess not the same video, but they're similar where they all have a very similar theme. Do you feel stuck at all? Do you want to change what change up what you're doing ever? Um, It's kind of hard for me to gauge that. I think that I want my platform to grow with me as I grow as a person. I think I've always stuck to like rating and New York kind of content um, and dating and confidence. I feel like I'm a mashup of those, which is basically a mashup of my own personality. I definitely feel stuck in the sense that I think that I was so burnt out after quarantine. I got back to New York in July and things in July in New York were doing so well. The con- Like the contagion rate was 0.01%. So I was going to restaurants with my friends and seeing them because I hadn't seen them in months. And I had just dumped all of my creativity into TikTok for three months So then I didn't really pay attention to the app. Like I was posting, but it was honestly kind of half-assed and somehow the content was still doing really well. Mm -hmm. But the content, but the algorithm definitely picked up on the fact that I wasn't posting as often. And in there, I think because of that favored less what I was posting. So it didn't, it started little by little to go less and less viral. So I've kind of been stuck at a similar follower count for a while. Is that frustrating? Of course. Do I care? A little bit. Does it upset me? By no means. Um, TikTok has always been like a side thing for me. My ultimate goal is to be an editor of some sort, um, a social editor at a magazine. 
So, or a brand by any kind of standard. So whether it be like Louis Vuitton social editor or um, Vogue's or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. Um, could be Elle Magazine, something like that, like anything. Um, One day, that is my priority. And I love that I have like this persona and influence on the side. And I definitely think it benefits a brand to hire someone like me, mainly because, you know, then my audience will transfer over and be their readers um, or their audience on their own platform. But because that's my ultimate end game, this doesn't really affect that. If anything, it still pushes and helps no matter what. Is it frustrating? Of course. Does it make or break? No. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes but I it, feel a little stuck, long story short. Yeah. Um, I feel like with the whole con- being a content creator, sometimes if it's, it's meant to be, it will be, it will happen and it will take off. And if not, it's it's a bad idea to stay on top of it so much where you feel like it encompasses your entire life and you have no other aspirations other than to just be a content creator or be a TikToker because that is not easy to attain. It right. is not easy to be Charlie D'Amelio. It doesn't happen like that. That's a one in a million shot. So you have to have other passions and other goals. And hey, if one thing takes off, it takes off and that's great. And you roll with it for as long as you can. But if not, it's not a big deal. It's just something that you enjoy doing. I also, I totally, I, I literally could not agree more because let's also not forget that at the end of the day, it's just no matter how many millions of followers you have, unless you're literally Charlie, where you end up being like actually famous. The thing with these, the thing with these platforms is that they're ever changing. So like, yeah, TikTok is in right now, but guess what? Instagram was two years ago. What's happening now to all those influencers on Instagram? Like, yeah. Well, actually, am concerned for a lot of what they're doing because a lot of them haven't adapted to TikTok. Then what? Like, it's always nice to have, like, honestly, this sounds so lame, a corporate pillow to back to fall back on. No, it's true. I always, even since like since growing up, my dad always instilled this in me because he's an entrepreneur. He was like, "No, you always need." He would say several streams of income. That's what my dad so, says. Always. He was like, never put all your eggs in one basket because then you have, it's either you're hundred percent in or you're hundred percent out. There's no in between. Yeah. You know, you're, he's absolutely right. So I feel like I always did that where, um, you know, I have my corporate job. I have my nine to five. I went to college. I didn't drop out because like I got some followers on Instagram, even though like people that do that totally fine, roll with it. Like if it worked for you. Amazing. But for me, I, I couldn't see myself doing that, even though I was getting brand deals and things were working out a little bit. I had no intention of ever stopping school and not getting a nine to five because nothing is guaranteed. And I'm the type of person that I like stability and I can't just wing it and say, okay, maybe this will work out or maybe I'll be homeless. Like I, I can't do that. No, I mean, I'm like you. And honestly, what you're doing is really, really smart. It's what you did. I personally think is the right thing to do, but I, I mean, teach their own. Um, I see why some people drop out and do things like that. I could, I can't relate to it, but I totally um, understand what you, where you were coming from. I thought, I think it's really smart. Yeah, no, I mean, there's some people that, Hey, that get to the point where they're making way more than they'll ever make in a corporate job. Then, okay. You already have yourself established. I was in, an, in in a position where I was making like a little bit of money, not enough to, you know, fully support myself. So it, it wasn't a good, it wouldn't have been a good financial decision. Very smart of you to recognize that. Love the self-awareness. We love a self-aware queen. Speaking of a self-aware queen, you, I feel like, are the confidence queen on TikTok. 
especially oh, right God. now. That is like everything. I keep seeing it on my feed. How do you, how are you such a confident, like you just exert confidence. And I mean, you're a beautiful girl. You have an amazing personality. I understand it, but everybody has their insecurities. How do you kind of stay so confident and push that onto your viewers? Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. It means so much to me when people say that, um, because I don't think people realize, and I say this every time I talk about it, it's always, it's still honestly astounding to me that people think I'm so confident and I am, I, I am as confident as people think I am, but what they don't realize is that it definitely didn't happen overnight. And everyone thinks that I've always been so confident when I was really, when I'm not, I'm not kidding. The most insecure person, the most anxious person anybody has ever met um, for a long time, my, my confidence is like a newfound thing. My confidence, not new. I, I would say I completely lacked confidence until I was 20. And then when I was 20, I was fed up with being fed up. And I was like, all right, I'm going to work on myself. That's what it's going to be. Like, I'm done with this shit. I can't, I can't do it. It's so much harder to hate yourself than to love yourself. It is so much more easy to love yourself is what I like to say. Um, but I guess the, the journey of losing – so I think my anxiety melted away. I was in – I remember the moment. I actually told this story last night. I'll never forget it. I was a sophomore in high school and I was the most anxious person ever. My whole life I had suffered from anxiety even when I was a kid. I would not sleep over my friend's apartment – like my friend's houses. I, I couldn't go to sleepovers. I couldn't go to slumber parties. I couldn't – sit at a birthday party too long because I had anxiety as like a five-year-old, four-year-old. And I had just suffered from anxiety from so long. And then when I was a sophomore, I remember in high school, I'd walk down the halls and I'd pass classrooms and I'd see people inside. And I'd think to myself, oh my fucking God, I hope they're not talking about me. Oh my God, I know they're saying all these terrible things. Oh my God, they all hate me. I thought everybody hated me. I thought everybody was against me. And you could never you talking to me, you would never think I'm insecure because a smile hides a lot. And I've always had the same tone of voice and the same demeanor, but deep inside I was so sad. Um, and then one day my sophomore year, I remember I was just depressed and anxious and I was laying in bed and I was staring at the wall and I thought to myself enough, this is such bullshit. You're so fucking miserable. Who cares if she hates you? Who cares if he thinks you're ugly? Who cares if they're bullying you and calling you big nose girl? You can get that shit done. You can fix your nose. You can't fix their ugly hearts and personality. Like who cares about any of it? And then it was literally when I tell you I have not been anxious really since, I flipped a switch. I have not experienced social anxiety ever in my life since. Of course I'm human. So like if I'm upset about something, I'll be anxious about it. Or if I'm like into a guy and I'm nervous, he doesn't like me back. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm human. I feel anxiety in terms of that, but like I feel absolutely no social anxiety anymore in almost any in any capacity. I don't really experience anxiety. I don't even really experience anxiety with guys unless I'm like fighting with a friend or like fighting with a significant other. Like otherwise, like I don't experience it. And then the confidence part rolled in. I was breaking up. I was I was in a toxic, really toxic relationship mm-hmm. in the summer of 2018. And I've told this story. I don't know if I've ever actually told this part of the story on a podcast, but I don't mind. I'll tell it. And um, I was going through a really toxic relationship and I was so in love with him that I just couldn't bring myself to end it no matter how toxic it was. And it had been three years of talk, like pure toxicity. 
And I was treated like absolute crap. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I deserved to be treated better. I thought that if I didn't have him, nobody else would want me. And then I took a day off my internship because I was just so depressed. And my best friends came over because they were not working that day either. And they brought me a spread of donuts and matcha lattes. And when I answered the door and they were standing in my hallway um, with the lattes and the donuts, I just immediately burst into tears because I thought, oh my God, that's so nice of them. That's so sweet. And I said that. I said, oh my God, you guys, that's so nice. You're so sweet. What are you doing here? And they said, we came to surprise you. You don't need to thank us. You deserve this. And when they said that I deserve it, I just bursted into tears and they came inside and they sat me down and they said, Audrey, like, we don't know what to do. Like, you're our best friend. We don't recognize you anymore. Like the light in your eyes is gone. The sparkle in your eyes is gone. Like we don't know who you are anymore. Like your personality has been completely sucked out by him. Like you've lost yourself and we don't know what to do. And if you choose to stay with him, like there's nothing that we can do and we support whatever you want to do because we're your friends. But by default, it's going to push us away because we just can't watch anymore. Mm-hmm. And the moment that my friends said to me that I lost myself, I just have too big of an ego, even when I'm depressed and sad, mm-hmm. to take that hit. <laughs> um, I immediately like straightened my back and I said, no, 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 no. Like, no, not, not this bitch. I am Audrey fucking Peters. I don't fucking do that. And I ended it on the spot and I, that started my journey of refining myself and recreating myself to be totally honest. Cause I didn't like who I had become. And I completely lost sight of all my moral values. My whole life had fallen apart. Everything had gone so South. My friends were irritated with me. My family was irritated with me. I was not doing well at school. I wasn't doing great at my internship. Um, I was just not being a good daughter, none of the above and all of the above. And so then I started working on myself. I started um, paying less attention to what I thought and more attention to what my friends needed and making the effort to call my family more and spend more time with them. And, and instead of going out as much, cause I was still a senior in college, I studied more and I got better grades and I picked up a full-time job while I was a senior in college and, um, started doing the best that I could at, in, you know, th- that you can at a retail job. And by, taking the attention off myself and focusing on helping everybody else in my life. I did community service too. I really found myself. I did a lot of different things that made me build self-esteem. And from there on out, it fell into place. And I realized that I had achieved so much and I was so dope and nobody could take it from me. And from there, I realized how cool I was and I ran with it. And here I am. Oh, you are very cool. Trust me. I'm pretty sure everyone, every, at least every New York girl wants to be you in some sense. Um, oh, because you, I don't that true, but thank you. Just from watching you, 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 you ex- like said it, you exude like confidence and you, you look like you have your life all together, even though obviously nobody has everything a hundred percent together. You do kind of portray this life of, you know, having a good sense of who you are. And I think that's so important for girls because so many girls, especially the ones on TikTok that are watching your videos are having these problems today. Even though you've gone through them a few years ago, you're able to now give the advice that you wish your 16-year-old self knew, which are the girls that are watching it mostly. Yeah, it's crazy because I think that one of the things that 
I wish I had known was, you know, I was bullied in high school and throughout my life. And even a little bit, like not, I wasn't bullied in college, but I was belittled um, by a lot of my friends for my passions. And I wish that I had been told, like, I mean, I get, you know, your mom always tells you things and you say like, fuck you, mom. Like, you don't know what I'm going through. I really wish I had listened. I think that's, and I, of course, like if everybody listened to real advice, um, none of us would make mistakes. Typically, most of the time you have to make the mistake yourself to learn. But if I had really known that the light at the end of the tunnel was not my mom bullshit, like was actually what my mom said and she wasn't bullshitting. If I had known that the light at the end of the tunnel was actually just be unapologetically yourself and smile. And I had listened, I would have suffered so much less. <laughs> but we, I feel like even as teenagers and in your twenties, you have to go through things that make you learn by yourself as much as we wish, you know, we could all have the answers. And if you could just, you know, snap your fingers and have all the answers, no one would go through anything, but you wouldn't learn anything and you wouldn't evolve as a person. So in a sense, people have to go through these kind of things, but sometimes it's nice when you have like someone like you on TikTok, that's not your mom or not your big sister, because we don't always want to listen to them. It's different when it's coming from an outside perspective. It just changes it completely. I completely agree. And it's funny because I used to tell my mom, like, I mean, in my head, I'd be like, literally piss off. You think I can be myself? Fuck you, mom. Nobody thinks my real self is cool. And now, <laughs> like, now in retrospect, I'm like, no, I was always cool. And they were threatened because they knew I was. Fuck. Like, I wish I had owned it more. Um, and it feels like a missed opportunity. But really, it was a learning experience. And yeah, I think it's so it's it's just nuts to me that if I, you know those TikToks where you see like the girls with their ear or like the, like the people with their ears pressed up to the door, like hoping like, oh my God, is it going to be okay? Like your 13 year old self pressing her ear up to the door. Like, oh my God, is it going to be okay? And on the other side of the door, it's like your current self thriving, doing better than ever. And it's just like, oh my God, I wish I could go back and give my 15 year old self a hug and be like, you fucking did it. You literally, like somehow people think you're the most confident person ever. I don't know how you pulled it off, girlfriend, but I promise you're you're fine. Like, it's so funny to look back. Do you ever think you'll take everything you've learned, um, at least for confidence wise and put it, like, I know you're putting it on TikTok, but do you think you'll ever do something with that where you can offer some kind of help for other girls? Absolutely. So I'm actually coming out with a course on confidence. So um, I'm launching it. It's going to be in the style of my TikTok, actually. So it's going to be like almost like a YouTube series, but it's going to be more of a course-based thing. So instead of me just uploading a bunch of videos on YouTube, it's going to be like a proper course, chapter by chapter. Each chapter is going to be around 12 to 15 minutes long. And I'm going to go in depth about what I talked about just now. Um, I'm going to go in depth about so much more too. I'm going to go in depth about like how to be confident in the workplace, how to be confident in dating, how to be confident when you're getting bullied. Um, my story in detail and each, um, it's going to, again, in the style of my TikTok. So it's going to be videos of me and in my tone. I think that you can go, of course, and don't get me wrong. My therapist is what got me through it. (laughs) A therapist is not technically supposed to tell you what to do. Um, which is where things get tricky because I think the hardest part about confidence, and I talk about this in my course, is that everyone tells you to believe in yourself and to look at yourself in the mirror and say you're so cool and beautiful. But nobody fucking tells you how to believe in yourself. 
That's the biggest scam of it all. Like, and the amount of courses that are out there and classes and people that are motivational speakers that say like, just believe in yourself, look in the mirror and tell yourself you're a badass. Okay, cool. But what, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, how am I supposed to actually believe it? Like, yeah. And if anybody could do that, then everybody would be confident. Like that's not what it's about. Um, and I get really in depth about it and I'm so excited to put it out there because I think it's everything my 13 year old self needed to hear and would be so proud of. And that's who I want to prove right. I think every 13 to like 20 year old out there, it would really, um, love something like this, that they can kind of like an older sister, but it's not, it's a, it's a third party perspective to kind of guide them through this because it's an, it's a little embarrassing, especially when you're in high school, you know, you don't want to talk about this enough. And it's something that's not talked about in depth enough. Like you said, so many people say, just look in the mirror, say you love yourself. It's like, okay, but what about like all my insecurities? Now, what do I do with those? Like, you know, you can't just, yeah, it's like those memes that's like, well, just don't be anxious then. Oh, thank you. For <laughs> me. Now I'm not anxious anymore. It's like, I'm not being nervous. Like, okay, I'm not nervous. Right. There you go. Like, it's just kind of like, again, like a therapist can't tell you what to do, but I can. And I'm going to sit there and tell you exactly what you need to do because I know it fucking works. I'm proof. And if I'm not enough proof for you, then I don't know who else fucking would be because I don't know somebody who believes in themselves more than I do. Like, I need to take a, a seat, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of the times you don't want to hear from your mom. A therapist can't give you instructions because that's not what her job is. She legally cannot. And you that's really hear from your sister sometimes. And something you just need someone like this, not necessarily me, like a figure like that sometimes that just, you know, gives you the right instruction manual. Cause it's not easy. <laughs> what platform are you going to do this on? Is it going to be on YouTube? No. So it's going to be on Teachable and I'm going to do a pre-sale for it around mid-January, which I'm super excited for. I'm going to do a better price in mid-January and then it's going to be regular. The pre-sale is going to be a better price. And then in when it launches, I want to say I'm going to launch it February 1st is my, what I'm aiming for. Um, that'll be regular price. Oh my God. Well, I am so excited. It's going to do incredible. I already know. I can't wait till it comes out. I'll definitely well, have I mean, to. I hope. Let's see. I, I mean, honestly, I honestly don't even care um, how much I profit on it. Seriously. It has literally nothing to do with that. The reason I'm even charging, the only reason I'm charging for it is because it actually didn't take me so much time. I've been already working on it for a while now. Um, what matters to me is that it actually helps resonate with somebody because I wish I had heard something like that then, then I would have had a better idea of how to fucking behave myself. (laughs) I don't know any girl that like is a, is a young teenager that wouldn't benefit from something like that. So I personally, I think it's a great idea. Um, and I think it's going to do really well. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people, um, especially young girls. And I think it's really great. Um, Audrey, it was incredible having you on here. I want to end with a question that I ask all my guests since this is called ordering in. Yeah. Do a question. It's a Friday night. You're home by yourself in your apartment. What are you ordering in? Dinner, dessert, drink. What are you having? Um, okay, can I go like step by step? Because I would, yeah, I would order all of them. I, okay, so my ordering in situation would be I would make myself a tequila on the rocks, mm-hmm. Don Julio 1942. Of course. Is my drink. And 
I like to add a splash of lime juice just because I'm home alone and that would kind of be sad if it was totally on the rocks. No, I mean, no judgment if you do. Just for my sake, I'm I'm not, I'm very much a lightweight. So if I got blackout on one drink alone at home, like it's totally a mood. Um, <laughs> but, and I respect it, but personally, I just don't like enjoy doing that because a lot of the times I end up crying because I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> what What's a lime drink? <laughs> and then food. I order Joe Shanghai and I get beef lo mein or vegetable lo mein, depending on my business, like depending on my mood. And I always get a side of spring rolls, white rice that I add soy sauce to. Love it. And if I'm feeling like if I'm on my period, I'd get some fried rice also. So I'd have two rices and some noodles. And then I'd also even maybe get like, like a, a, like a chicken or a beef dish, like maybe some like sweet and spicy chicken. All the carbs, though. I love all it. The carbs, all the carbs. And it has to be Joe Shanghai, which is the best Chinese in New York, by the way, to take to order in. Oh, I'm going to have to try. And, and then about dessert? Dessert would be Chloe's Fruit Soft Serve, swirl banana chocolate with the carob chips, strawberries, and raspberries in the medium size. <laughs> well, now I'm hungry. So thank that's, you. That's my ordering in. What an eclectic little mix I did there. <laughs> I love it. And I love how you knew exactly. I didn't I didn't pretext this question, guys. This was on the spot. You knew exactly what you wanted. I'm a New Yorker. I know exactly what I want to order in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Audrey, thank you so much for coming on ordering in. Um, you are an absolute delight. Every and tell everybody where they can find you. What are your socials? You are such an angel. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Um, you can find me at the Audrey Peters on Instagram and TikTok. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Bye.